hope you're enjoying Moriarty, The Devil's Game, an Audible original podcast. All episodes of Season 1 are now available ad-free, exclusively on Audible. Visit audible.com slash moremoriarty and sign up for a free trial. staring off quite intently just now. Oh, <laughs> yes, I-, I was just thinking through the day. There is quite a bit of shopping to do, and we're already running an hour behind. You would think the schedule makers could make better timetables. It's not so easily achieved, dear. And if my brother JJ's any example, the train men don't hold the mathematical capacity to account for such a chaotic, complex system. I, on the other hand, foresaw this delay the moment we left Durham. <laughs> Balderdash. Oh, no. This takes a page directly from my new book. You recall the chapter on sensitive dependence. You're saying our tardiness is a math problem? <laughs> Everything is a math problem, if one looks closely. Tell me, how many passengers boarded with us at the station? How many precisely? Well, I wasn't paying attention. You don't know. Do you? No, and the schedule makers don't either. They can only attempt an educated guess based on past passenger counts, which can fluctuate dramatically due to a multitude of variables. Your point, darling? My point is this train is as dynamic as my asteroids. Predicting our arrival time in London requires one to account for all the variables, and the timetable can't know how many people will board at each stop, nor how fast they will do so. Every person changes the equation and can create vastly different outcomes. The longer the train takes to leave Durham, the more time passengers have to accumulate in Darlington. And those people will take even longer to board, and so on and so on, all producing a dramatic ripple of tardiness down the line until here we are, an hour behind schedule. Fascinating, isn't it? You see them everywhere, don't you? 
the numbers, the variables, models and equations? It is my cross to bear. Oh, stop. You love it. The thrill of the soul, knowing all the answers. It's what drives you. I suppose. Does that bother you? Quite the opposite. It's a rather irresistible quality of yours. Oh. Yes. However, one must wonder if that makes me just another puzzle for you to solve. Flexing cups out. Nothing funny now. What's in this, mud? James look different, Dad. Who's your plate? I... I don't have one. Well, that's a shame. Wait. Please, sir. No plate, no food. But I didn't get one. <laughs> sir. Sir! This isn't right. You're wasting your breath. No such thing as right and wrong in here, Professor. Do I know you? No. But I know you. Hell, all of London does by now. Your work's made the front page of the Telegraph. Quite the beating you gave that poor girl. I didn't kill her. Ah, and I didn't kill the Earl of Mainmouth's son. Yeah, here we both are in line for the gallows. May I see that paper, please? Are you sure you want to? The pressmen are not very kind to fellows like us. I'm not like you. Not like me? Ah, now that's interesting. You don't even know me, and here you are, crying on about your innocence, yet neglecting to presume mine. Bit hypocritical, wouldn't you say? I'm... Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. My mind is still trying to find itself. I didn't get your name. The name's Moran. Pleasure. And what did you... I, I mean, what are you here for? being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Seems you and I have a bit more in common than you thought, Professor. Here's the paper then. Don't say I didn't warn you. No. No, they've twisted everything. This is all wrong. I'm not a murderer. Yeah, well, it's not me you have to convince now, is it? But I'm sure the courts will take you at your word and spare you the bellman. The bellman? Ah, you heard him, didn't you? Funny-sounding bloke interrupting our sleep to save our souls. That priest from last night? Aye. He and that rackety bell come around whenever they're collecting necks to stretch. Oi! Moriarty! On your feet! Hands where I can see them. What's going on? Am I free? <laughs> free? You hear that, boys? This one thinks he's leaving. <laughs> Come on, you'll leave it. Get a bomb. Oh, take me with you. No one gets out of here. Here you are, then, Professor. <laughs> Free at last. <laughs> hey, there's no need for that. JJ. James, God, look at you. Are you all right? Better now that you're here. It's madness. They didn't even want me to see you. On what grounds? For God's sake, you're my brother. I don't know. But the paper's got the story and now the whole city is up in arms about you. I didn't do it, JJ. I swear to you. <clears throat> I'm sorry, gentlemen, but we don't have much time. 
James, this is Mr. Ellsworth Blakely, an attorney that's offered to help. We're going to get you through this, Professor. I promise you. Now, I petitioned the court, but I'm sorry to say they have denied your bail. What? No! I have to get out of here. This place is... Surely there's a sum we could offer as collateral. I tried, James. I told them to name the price, but, well, they think you're a risk to run. Run? I'm not going to run. I'm innocent. Professor, I'm afraid the prosecution is mounting a considerable case against you. Even Mr. Sherlock Holmes believes you are guilty. Holmes is wrong. Fool barely considered my case before making up his mind. Be that as it may, the court holds the highest regard for his opinion. Damn his bloody opinion. There's no motive. I had no logical reason to hurt the only woman I ever loved. None whatsoever. I'm sorry, Mr. Blakely, but surely we can convince a jury of this. Reasonable doubt is in our favour, and presumption of innocence... Juries read the papers. Any presumption of your innocence is long gone. Many a man in your position has lost the battle with reasonable doubt. It doesn't end well. They'll hang you if you lose, James. Professor, it is my professional advice to plead guilty Guilty? Plead guilty for something I didn't do? That's not a defence, it's a surrender. Given the circumstances, it's your best shot at avoiding the noose. Now... You're a man of considerable repute, a valued member of society with no previous offences. I have it on good authority that the prosecution will offer a bargain. What kind of bargain? A confession for your life. If you were to plead guilty, show enough remorse, we can avoid a trial and have you moved out of Newgate to somewhere more comfortable. You could even continue your work. No. No deals. I will not surrender to this. I loved her. And how do you prove love? Oi! What's going on in here? Mr. Blakely was just leaving. Get out, Mr. Blakely. You and your pathetic services will not be required. You're a smart man, Professor. But you've miscalculated with this one. James, what was that? Everyone thinks I did it, don't they, JJ? Yes. And you? We've got a jury to convince. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters to me. I can't fathom it, James. You're, well, well, just look at you. You're not a fighter. And I've seen the way you looked at her. Rose was the only woman I've ever known capable of pulling you away from your books. But most of all, you're too bloody smart to do something so bloody stupid. It's as simple as that to me. And yet you still think I should plead guilty? James, they expedited your trial. And that Blakely fellow was the only man in London willing to touch your defence. I hate to say it, but pleading guilty is the only way. It's wrong, JJ. I won't bargain with the truth while my love's killer runs free. Rose deserves justice. Do you want justice, or do you want to live? I will not be forced to choose. You are wrong about one thing, brother. I am a fighter. Maybe not with my hands, but with my head. And if no one will fight for me, or for Rose, then I will fight for us both. Lestrade! Gregson, uh, Chief Inspector. What do you think you're doing? Sir? I've just come from the Commissioner's office. Seems he's received an annoyed note this morning from Baker Street. Any ideas as to what it said? You went over my head. No, I was just delivering a letter. It doesn't matter. 
I didn't authorize such a visit. And what have I told you about Holmes? We steer clear of him, Lestrade. He's no good for any of us. Sir, I know you don't like him. You're damned right I don't. It's nothing but trouble when he puts his nose in our business. Especially on a case we've already bloody solved. Is that your report on the Moriarty murder? Uh, yes, sir. I'll take it. And those photographs you took, have they been developed? M my photos? Yes, but I thought... I need them, right away. The commissioner's asking. The commissioner? Apparently, our professor's trial is getting the white gloves. Commissioner Jones believes your photos can help paint the picture against him. Since when does the commissioner get involved in individual the trials? The photos, Lestrade. Let's have them. Yes, sir. Hmm. Good. No, oh, these will play very well tomorrow. The trial is tomorrow? But that's rather quick. Yes, it seems the papers caught wind, and now everyone wants to make quick work of this. Smart, successful chap charged with a violent murder. No doubt there's already a queue outside the old Bailey for tickets. Going to be quite a show. We'll have order in the gallery. Order. James Moriarty, you stand accused by the Crown and Her Majesty the Queen of murder. The punishment for which, if found guilty, is death. You have refused your right to counsel? I have, Your Lordship. You're an educated man. Do you think this is wise? I admit that the specifics of the law sit outside my expertise. However, when it comes to the matter of my innocence, it appears I am the wisest man I know. Order! Order! Very well, Professor. Your plea. Your Lordship, I am not guilty. We shall see. The Crown may proceed. Your Lordship, esteemed members of the jury, today I will prove to this court that this prisoner... Professor James Moriarty is a contemptible killer that he brutally murdered Miss Rose Winslow on the 12th of March inside their Langham Hotel room, leaving a grisly scene of which he can give no good account, explanation or alibi. The testimonies and photographs I put before you this day will provide indisputable facts against the accused and tell a heartbreaking tale that demands justice of the highest order. This killer must pay for his crime, and I pray you will ensure he does. Your Lordship, I would call our first testimony. Proceed. And that night during your stay at the hotel, you said you heard something. Oh, yes, it sounded like banging. Indeed. Banging and, and then a loud thump. A thump? Like a body hitting the floor? And you were the guard on watch that night, sir? Uh, yes, sir. 
I responded to the complaints right away. I knocked several times before opening the door. And what did you find inside? Well, the old suite was a mess. Everything was just tossed about and broken. There was blood all over the floor. And the prisoner? Well, he was right there, crying next to the body. And he was holding the broken phonograph. The music box was the first thing I saw when I inspected the scene. Completely smashed, bent and bloody pieces all around the girl. You believe Miss Winslow was beaten with it, Chief Inspector? I had my suspicions right away, though I admit I'd never seen death by phonograph before. Of course, the coroner confirmed it. Yes, my examination was conclusive. Repeated blows to the skull from a heavy, blunt object. And that contraption is sure solid enough to have done the job. A brutal way to die. I'm afraid so. Miss Winslow suffered quite a bit before she passed. And who could have done this? The evidence suggests... It seems quite clear. I have no doubt it was... Mr. Moriarty. Mr. Moriarty, we've heard the sworn testimony presented in this court, seen the gruesome photographs of the scene, and yet you sit here before us continuing to insist that you are innocent. <laughs> despite all the evidence to the contrary, despite the facts and accounts that only you and Miss Winslow entered the room that fateful night. Your explanation is that someone, someone you didn't see nor hear, snuck inside your room and murdered Miss Winslow while you were asleep. That is correct. <laughs> and that whole night you didn't hear a thing. You just slept right on through a brutal murder. You were drunk, Professor. No. Perhaps so drunk you don't remember beating Miss Winslow to a pulp. I didn't kill her. Now, do I have the right to speak in my defence or not? I am a mathematician. My trade is logic, and it is clear that this case against me has none. I would never lay a finger on Miss Winslow. But if I did, why would I ever do it here in London? Durham is quiet and remote. Why risk being caught here by the strongest police force in the world? Why would I use such a crude tool to do such a deed? Why not employ the simplicity of a gun or the stealth of a knife? Phonograph is inefficient, especially given a man of my musculature. And finally, I ask you, if all of this was somehow true, why on earth wouldn't I run? Why would I call for help? and cooperate with Scotland Yard. It makes no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no logic in the prosecution's story and no motive behind their claims. They cannot answer these crucial questions and as a result have proven nothing. Yet they ask you to believe that a man of my intelligence would kill with such utter stupidity. You must see what's happening here. They take you all for fools. We should all be insulted by the level of ineptitude and laziness displayed here today. The prisoner has had his chance to speak. Mr. Prosecutor, have you a rebuttal? 
Um, your lordship, uh, the crown proposes a brief recess before its rebuttal uh, for lunch. Granted. We are adjourned. Please return the prisoner to his cell. Leave the chains on him. No point in getting comfy. What about my lunch? I'm afraid you've just missed the slop car, Professor. <laughs> Rotten luck. Here. You can have mine. Thank you. Maybe give it a taste before you thank me. Moran, was it? Aye, Colonel, if you want to be proper about it. You're an army man. In another life. What's is that whiskey? Whiskey? In here? No, no, Professor. You must be seeing things. How did you get that in here? Same way I get the paper. I know a fellow who knows a fellow that owes me for a thing. Getting things in here is simple enough, Professor. It's the getting things out that counts. Uh, I don't suppose that's at all interesting to you. What do you mean? Yeah. If you have to ask, then you're not ready for the answer. You want a swig of this? No. Alcohol dulls the mind. I believe that's the point. Didn't think I'd be seeing you back here so quickly. Things go that poorly at the Old Bailey. Quite the opposite, in fact. I have the prosecution on their heels and have won the crowd. <laughs> then what are you doing back in here with me? We broke for lunch. <laughs> you broke for lunch? <laughs> You really believe that? I thought you were supposed to be a smart, Professor. They wouldn't break up the trial of the decade for bread and biscuits. That's a tactical retreat. Then it only proves my point. The prosecution is grasping at straws. Reason is on my side. Reason? Oh, I see. You still think that matters, that the system will save you. That's what it's there for. No, no. The system isn't there for you, Professor, or for me, or anyone else for that matter. The system is only there for the system itself. And if it wishes you dead, rest assured, it will find a way to make it so. Spoken like a true criminal. More like a man that prefers to have a say in his death. Well, I have had my say. And because of it, they can't convict me. I'm not dying in here. Aye, maybe, Professor, maybe. But in my experience, that kind of certainty makes fools of us all. Order, order. Before the jury is excused for a verdict in the matter of Miss Winslow's death, the court will allow for any final words. Does the prisoner have anything else to say to his innocence? I would only remind the jury that this court must provide evidence beyond reasonable doubt to earn a conviction, and that considerable doubt remains. This tragedy makes little sense to us all, and while certain pieces may seem to be against me, these are not facts, only variables, and our equation remains incomplete. So we must find who did this. We must solve this equation. Until we do, Rose's killer is still out there, roaming the streets. And if you find me guilty, you only condemn an innocent man 
and embolden the monster that did this to strike again. Mr. Prosecutor. Your Lordship, if it pleases the court, the Crown would call one final testimony to the stand. You may proceed. What? No! Objection! The prisoner does not hold the right to make objections, nor to speak unless it directed to do so. Your Lordship, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the Crown respectfully calls Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Holmes? Mr. Sherlock Holmes, do you swear to God and Her Majesty the Queen that all your testimony will be honest and true? I do. You may sit, sir. The prosecution may proceed. Thank you, Your Lordship. Mr. Holmes, do you know the prisoner that stands accused? Only by reputation. And what reputation is that? The professor is a rising star in Europe's intellectual community. He is a man of good birth, excellent education, and phenomenal mathematical faculty. From what I've read, he had a brilliant career before him. Before this. And is it true that the prisoner requested your consultation on the matters of which he is charged? He wrote you, but you declined. Yes. I could not assist him, seeing as the professor is a killer. No! Order! Order! You were sure of this when the professor wrote you, Mr. Holmes, without having stepped foot on the scene or, or seen the evidence. I had all the evidence I needed in the strokes of his pen. The professor's script points strongly to the criminal strain. My script? Am I to hang on the basis of my handwriting? Silence! Mr. Moriarty, if you cannot contain yourself, you will be removed. I have had the occasion to study character in handwriting, and it has tipped the balance in my favor on several occasions. You may recall the burglary incident at Reigate. When I received the professor's letter, I instantly noted the vindictive slant in his T's and distinct harshness in his capitalizations. Subtle, yes, but any detective knows the devil hides in the details. Now, at the commissioner's request, I have since reviewed the evidence in full and my deductions are unchanged. There is no way anyone but the professor and the deceased were inside the suite that night. Unless Miss Winslow's killer could fly or walk through walls, perhaps a ghost murdered her. Your Lordship, this man makes a mockery of my fiancé's death. I am simply stating my deductions. Your deductions are daft. There's no motive. You are wrong. Wrong? A young couple journeys to London from the quiet countryside on holiday to shop for wedding dresses. But no. It's not a holiday, not for her. And there are no dresses involved, regardless of what she's told her beloved. Your scene of the crime, the Langham, is over a mile from the Strand, the only decent shopping district in London for such needs, especially given this couple's elevated standing. He has university money, proceeds from a book publishing and several lecture tours. 
Why come all this way and take a hotel so far from the shops? Clearly, because shopping wasn't the true purpose of her trip. I did not see a wedding dress among the evidence. She was still deciding. She was lying. Miss Winslow was here for another matter entirely. That becomes quite obvious when you account for her extended disappearance that day. Not to mention her special trip to Floris on German Street before returning to the hotel. Those bottles she purchased. What does a woman do with so much perfume? They attract, but they also hide. Perfume can be a clever disguise, covering up all kinds of undesirable smells, such as the musk of another lover. No! Yes. Miss Winslow was coming to London seeking another man's affections. The professor himself admits she had come to the city alone many times before. However, our murderer, the professor, insisted he join her on this fateful trip. A late wrinkle that rattled the woman into a crucial misstep. She thought the perfume would conceal the true nature of her journey. But our killer is no fool. Rather, a celebrated man of reason. Clearly, Mr. Moriarty caught on to her deceptions, threaded the logic together, initiated his evil plan, and finally put it to action when she returned to the hotel that black night. It's not true! It is as true as I sit before you all today. Ladies and gentlemen, the professor has been sincere on one account. He was a man in love. And love dispels all reason. The heartbreak overtook his mind, and the wine compelled him to put an end to the manor with violent finality. Will that be enough motive for you, Professor? No! It's not true! Order! Order! This man lies! You are a fraud! Escort the prisoner back to his cell! Moriarty, what have you done? James. Oh, hello, love. You promoted us to a suite. Have you lost your mind? You don't like it? What happened to separate rooms? We do have separate rooms. Mine is there, yours is over there. James, you have a reputation to consider. The last thing you need is a scandal. Oh, who's to care? Besides, I think a bit of a scandal might be fun. Now, Look at this, dear. Have you ever seen one of these fancy music players before? You mean a phonograph? Yes, yes, it comes with a suite. I thought a little music might add to the occasion. Funny, I don't hear anything. Uh, well, I, I may have taken it apart. To see how it works, you know, it's quite the ingenious design. Have you been fiddling with this music box all day? Not all day. I took a walk down to that new electric underground that's opening soon quite the thing of the future. Then I thought I'd relax the mind a little bit with this phonograph, and, um... And you broke it? It's not broken, dear. It's just a bit stuck. James, what about finishing your book? The matter remains unresolved. But not to worry. Tomorrow's another day. And you? How did it go? You certainly were out late. And I see bags. Only a few cents from German Street, I'm afraid. And a Mon Rocher? You'll have some? Wine. 
Well, you know how it does, Yes, Steve. you and your mechanisms, darling. But perhaps you'd consider a splash on holiday, else your dear fiancé drink this whole bottle alone. It has been a rather harrowing day. Well, when you put it so dire, make it a full glass for me. I suppose if anyone's worth the headache, it's you. Aha! See? Good as new. Amazing. Just a wax cylinder and vibrations. Though I will say your voice is leagues above whoever this croaker is. Perhaps we should have you recorded. What do you think, Rose? Wouldn't that be grand? Perhaps it can be my wedding present. Rose? What's that, darling? Hmm, I see what's going on here. You've fluttered off on me again. Fluttered off? Am I a pigeon now? No, dear, you're my butterfly. Enchanting, graceful, beautiful beyond compare, but rarely settled for long. Your mind is elsewhere. I suspect a dress or lack thereof is at fault. Oh, am I that obvious? The heavy-hearted gaze and wine gave you away. But chin up, dear. I'm sure you'll have better luck tomorrow with the shopping. You don't believe in luck. True, true. But I do believe in probability. There are dozens of shops in this city. The solution is out there. And whatever it is, it's sure to take my breath away. You are too sweet. I am precisely the right amount. I've worked through the numbers. Have you now? Of course. I'm told such calculating makes me irresistible. <laughs> now, my dear, what shall we toast to? To us, James. Just to us. No, please. I don't deserve this. It's time to make your peace, Professor. Father. It will be all right, my child. A better life awaits. Come now. Ah. Oh, this other one's not moving. What's the matter, Moran? Scared to be your maker? On your feet, Colonel. You'll be back asleep no. soon enough. Oh, Christ. He smells drunk. Drunk? Get up, Moran. I'm not carrying you to the gallows. I said get up. No, boys! Professor! The priest! What? Grab him! Don't let him go in! Are you with us alone? What are you doing? Where the hell do you look like? We're busting out of here. Gods, my God, you've killed them. Aye, and they were fit to do us the same. What did I tell you about this bloody system of yours? Get those shackles off. We could use an extra man in the fight. My 
battle fighter. Any presumption of your innocence is long gone. Love dispels all reason. I will not surrender to this. Rose deserves justice. Do you want justice, or do you want to live? I will not be forced to choose. Professor! You ready? Let's go. Welcome back to the 